Welcome to Mission Connect, a podcast brought to you by Passion to Reach Ministries, designed to equip you to connect with God's mission for your life. I'm Emily James, your host, here with co-host, Passion to Reach's founder and director, Pastor Fanu. Hey, Pastor Fanu, how are you? I'm doing great, Emily, and excited for another Mission Connect podcast. Yes, we're going to bring on our guest shortly here on the podcast. But before we do, Pastor Fanu, this is, you know, part of our vision and mission at at PTR is to equip people to empower them. So why don't you tell them a little bit about uh, one of our programs that we have to do exactly that? Well, uh, Emily, uh, you know, we have this online resource we've created called Missional Academy. The website actually is very simple. It's missional.academy. So if you type that into your web browser, it'll take you straight to the webpage with uh, a whole lot of resources, videos that teach you on leadership. Uh, And we're actually going to be adding more content down the road. But uh, We've got some incredible teachings and courses on various aspects of Christian leadership. And I think uh, if you're listening, uh, you really need to check it out. In fact, if you know somebody that wants to become a leader, uh, either in church or in the marketplace, I think you'll, uh, uh, you'll really enjoy the resources that we have on there. So again, the website is missional.academy. Check it out and uh, hopefully uh, you'll be able to go through some of that content and use it in your leadership journey. Awesome. Thank you, Pastor Fanu. Well, today on the podcast, we have Drew Brown. He is a singer, songwriter, producer. He's a winner of a Covenant Awards and Juno nomination. So he's really going to talk to us about his journey of, you know, discovering what God had gifted him with, who who he is in Christ by using his gift of storytelling and music and being able to use that to actually bridge uh, the secular world with believers and just have an uh, influence in that area. Fascinating uh, interview. Uh, I mean, really, really enjoy talking to him. In fact, I I love talking to creatives because they just have a different way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Uh, And sometimes in the church, I find we're very boxed in, in our thinking. So listen, if you are a creative, if you know a creative, Uh, someone in music or singing or or the arts, uh, make sure you share this podcast with them because I think they're going to be super blessed um, with what Drew had to share on living on mission, uh, using those creative gifts that God's blessed you with. So let's bring him to the podcast. Welcome to the show, Drew Brown. Yay. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. It's Drew, it, it is so good to have you on. And we're super excited uh, for you to share uh, your story, your journey. And I know so many people listening are going to be encouraged with uh, today's podcast. Can't wait. I love, I love hanging out with you guys. It's going to be fun. Let's do it. So we're just going to start off briefly, just kind of giving our listeners a background about who you are, how you came to faith in Christ, and then we're going to kind of jump into this area of uh, the music industry and singing, songwriting. So give us a little bit background of how you came to faith in Christ. Well, um, my uh, my parents were like deeply entrenched into church culture. So my dad was a pastor, and my mom was like the pastor's wife like if they're she was a stereotypical pastor's Mm -hmm. wife she was like super strong and like just really deep in the word and just like you know always a sermon every five minutes from her if you're talking to her she's just she's really great and super awesome um and uh one day my parents split up when i was pretty young and uh, my mom was always about going to like certain conferences or you know certain um 
uh, they used to call them camp meetings. And so yes. you know, they would have these back. massive, right? So they have these massive, massive things. And so we'd go. And so um, this one particular one, it was like a, a, a conference in the States. It was actually in Anaheim, Florida, California, sorry, Anaheim, California. And, um, and it was like this big conference. And this is a guy named Gospel Bill. Um, okay. his, I forgot his real name, but he has a big church in Tulsa, Oklahoma right now called Church on the Move. Okay. Um, Anyway, back in the day, he was like this kind of, you know, cowboy, kind of like, I'm going to preach the gospel with my weapons, the sword of the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I know I, I feel like I'm making light of his ministry, but like, it worked for me. <laughs> like he came and he, um, he talked about like just God's love and God's grace in a way that as a seven-year-old kid could understand. I was like, oh, oh, okay. That's, that's a lot like deeper than what I hear at church or different than right. There's a different spin on it. And I, I, I can connect to this. And so that's when I gave my heart to the Lord. My mom was like, yay, finally you sinner. And, uh, and that was sort of the connection point for me. How like, old were you then? I was seven. Actually, no, that's not true. I was six. I was six. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And you remember that moment? Yeah, it was a pretty big, well, I mean, uh, honestly, I was a six year old kid and right beside the conference center was Walt Disney world. So (laughs) let's just be honest. I was also really excited about going to Disney later on that week. Um, If I can do this, my mom's really going to be happy with me. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, it was a really cool. I've never seen gospel presented in a, in a, in a kid's format way like that before. Right. Um, but in my church back home, it didn't, wasn't like that. Um, you know, there was like, you know, guys dressed up in massive costumes. There was like, you know, like movies and clips and action. I'm like, this is, it's fun. It's interesting, but it spoke directly to myself and obviously other kids there too. So, yeah. yeah. You know, it's interesting. I uh, gave my life to Christ when I was about seven as well. Mm-hmm. And um, it was through a vacation Bible school and stuff. But I, I, I'm always amazed when I talk to people, you know, adults who, you know, follow Jesus, love the Lord. And, uh, and when they say, you know, I, I gave my life to Christ when I was six or seven or eight or nine, I, you know, I always say, I don't think my parents took me serious. I don't think a lot of people took me serious, you know, but, but just like you, I can totally remember that day. I don't remember anything else from around yeah. that time in my life, but exactly. that day is so real to me, you know? And yeah. so it's just an encouragement, even to those listening that, um, when you share the, when you share the gospel in whatever format with a child, uh, you just don't know the impact that mm-hmm. uh, the word makes um, in the lives of children. And, and it's amazing as in our lives that it can lead you through various seasons of life. And obviously you have ups and downs, you have times when you, you know, drift away from the Lord and all that, but, but it sort of pulls you back, it anchors you back uh, to, uh, to that, that initial commitment and, and faith in Christ. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's cool. And so you make this commitment, you're six years old, you go to Walt Disney the following day or what, <laughs> and you have lots of fun. And then, and then, so what happens after that, getting into, you know, what you're doing today? So what was, where did music start? How did music become part of your life? And uh, where did you even know that you could do this, that you had this gift from God? Mm-hmm. Well, I always loved music. For me, I never cared so much about um, being a musician. I just wanted to absorb all the music I possibly could. And for a while, especially in grade five and six, I was like, I want to be a music producer. Because mm. I love how 
um, things are sort of put together musically and how it works and how you can create a sound by doing this. And that for me, that was so fascinating. It wasn't until grade nine where I, oh, well, it's not true. I think it was grade six or seven when I picked up a guitar. I was like, guitars are cool. I like guitar. (laughs) I started playing my mom's piano a lot more, not because she made me, because I actually just wanted to create songs. And it was in that season, especially my grade eight season, where I was like, I think, not that I want to do this, but I think I want this to be part of my life somehow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I played in bands all through high school as, you know, I'm, you know doing the high school rock thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until university where I realized, I think I'm at the stage where I'm good enough where I can at least make some cash doing it. Okay. And I went up making a lot of cash doing it in those days. And so um, that sort of propelled me into this trajectory where I was sort of, maybe I can try making an actual living at this. Um, and in this stage of my life, I wasn't really, you know, serving the Lord. Okay. I, wasn't, mm. I wasn't in the church um, for many reasons. Um, one of them is because I wanted to do rock and roll. And rock and roll in the church was still pretty like, that's yeah, the devil's music, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that wasn't allowed at all. Um, and then I was just going through some my own faith stuff, trying to figure things out, trying to reconcile uh, the great need in the world with, uh, my, from my perspective, the lack of response to the need from the church. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, um, I mean, I was you know eighteen, so sure. my my worldview was pretty limited. But I did see there was a disconnect there between the church and the world. I was like, that doesn't make sense to me. I'm sure Jesus would want more from us. He would be you know, invite us into doing more as church. Um, but yeah, that was for my my main thing. That high those high school years, just formational musically, and then being able to actually play live a lot. Like I think I was playing at least four nights a week, every week wow. for like three years, four years. Wow. Was was traveling part of that? Was it all local? Yeah, traveling became part of it. I was in a really, really bad band, which I won't name the name here because okay. it's a Christian podcast. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, um, we, we, we were terrible. Um, for us, it was just like, let's just have some fun. Let's just enjoy life. If we can make some money, great. And then we'll see what happens. But for some reason, all these like actual big bands who are signed, who have massive followings, were like, you guys are great. Um, come on the road with us. And wow. we're like, oh, okay, why not? Let's just travel. So we did a lot of traveling, um, having some fun and just seeing the world and getting, for me, getting that experience of like being mm. on tour and how tours work and the ins and outs of like loading in and setting up and riders and business and managers and labels and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Wow. And how did you transition from there into, you know, music as a mission from a Christian perspective? What was that like? Yeah. Um, um, one day I was, well, long story short, I had a, an experience with God where he mm. tapped me on the shoulder with a great weight and mm. said, um, Hey kid, Hi there. Um, I want to I want to see you using your gifts for me instead of for yourself. Wow. Yeah. And um, and I realized I was like I I I don't know what to do. Like I didn't know. I literally didn't know, know what to do. And so I sold all of my gear. So I'm like, if I'm gonna go do church music, I can't play guitar. I, I don't need these, wow. you know, these massive amps. Like, what am I going to do? I play piano and organ, I guess. So I sold all <laughs> my equipment and like, like wow. left, left everything behind, sort of took off. 
and um, moving back to, uh, to, I was living in Ottawa at the time mm. and moved back to Toronto because my plan was I need to dive into some sort of Christian community where I'm just surrounded by Christians all the time, like all the time. <laughs> so I went to Tyndale for a bit, just only for the purpose of like, everybody here is a Christian. Wow. Wow. Let this be my sort of my um, recalibration process. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of the, the initial start because of there people were like, Oh, you play guitar. Hey, can you help my church out with stuff? Because you sing, you play guitar. We need a worship leader for the next few months. Yeah, I can do that. Or there's, Oh, Hey, you know what? Um, we need some help with our worship team. We don't know how to do modern worship music. I'm like, what's modern worship music. And this, <laughs> and this guy said, well, here's a band called delirious. It just came out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. they play like how I play. That was what I was doing. <laughs> right. And so, you know, bought, bought my gear back or, you know, whatever. I started doing that, helping to just sort of come, move from that, um, that sort of wow. cool, more traditional sound into a more modern, contemporary, mm-hmm. again, modern contemporary sound. That was sort of my thing. And because of that, I moved into worship ministry. Wow. You're almost like, as you're talking about the story, it felt like I was listening to a modern day version of uh, Saul, Paul, you know, just this <laughs> yeah, right. moment where the Lord strikes him blind and, and, he, and it's like, okay, you got to wake up from where you are and move into what I have for you in this call. And it was like this dramatic shift, it seems in your life of just, um, yeah. you know, the, but it's funny how the the gift, the call has always been there in the sense of even when you weren't serving the Lord, you were in kind of the music world, the music industry. And then God goes, you can still have that. You can still, you know, have that desire, but uh, you know, you need to use it to glorify my name. And so, you yes. know, just a, a, uh, a, an a incredible story of just how God can literally shift in a second in, in, in people's lives. And so, so now take us here. You are back in the music industry or sorry, in the Christian world, mm-hmm. you're working with worship teams and, and now you're moving into singing songwriting. So how did this become, um, you know, where you are today in terms of, you know, one of the things that uh, I know you very well through was a lot of uh, what you were doing was very missional focused in the sense of re- using your music to reach other people, to do cause-driven uh, concerts. I think I've been to a couple of them, um, you know, for raising money for wells in Africa to more local things and stuff. So how did this become, okay, God, now uh, I'm using this to glorify your name. What how, you know, what was the process in that? What would you say to someone who's kind of in that zone right now with their gifting and how can I use this to, you know, be on mission to uh, glorify God's name? Hmm. I think for me, like I was, oh, I, I, I'm still, still going, I'm still a teenager in a lot of ways where I'm, I'm just not as jaded. Well, maybe I'm more jaded. I'm not quite sure, but I'm always, <laughs> I'm always trying to find a way that the church can meet the need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'm, I'm, uh, and so for me, I'm like, well, what I can do is rally people around stuff. What I can do is create opportunities for those things to happen. Um, what I can do is actually is make music and produce stuff. So I'm always trying to find like, okay, what can I do? I see the need. What can I do? I can't do everything. I'm not like Superman. I can't do like 
all the pieces. I can't design all that stuff. I can't, but I definitely can um, create opportunities through the arts. Mm. And so for me, the arts has always been um, something to enjoy and something that can be um, transformational. It can be inspiring, Mm -hmm. but it can also be a tool. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always looking for opportunities to kind of bridge that gap. Like, okay, I want it to be beautiful and wonderful, but I want it to have a sort of purpose and be a tool in some way. Oops. So, um, yeah, for me, I was talking to someone who's sort of figuring out the music thing and trying to see where they stand. I'm like, well, okay, create music, make it you know as awesome as you can. You know, mm-hmm. think of if you can do this without like without staining music too much. Think of the end user. Think of that, 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 that girl who's going through like a personal crisis. Think of that guy who's trying to figure out his, his self-worth. Think about all that stuff. And what do they need to hear? Mm. What's, mm-hmm. What is their... They need a life raft. Let's try and create a life raft through music for them. But also, how can we um, use our music, our gifts for a, a, a wider purpose? So not just singular, but also... How can we use it to like, yeah, let's let's do a concert to raise this or let's raise awareness for this or let's just, you know, let's just make music and just give it away and we use the money that we make from that to bless this family over here who's going through a crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always cool things that you can do to use the arts to not just inspire and help and support, but also to bless others and to raise awareness or whatever. Yeah, as a missional tool. One of the things, uh, Drew, that you talked about um, even you know before we started recording today was this idea of storytelling, and I think it's such a powerful concept. And it, I guess it could it take the form of you know a multiple avenues of creativity. But here we're talking today on songwriting and singing and music and all that. Um, and I, I think about Jesus. You know, Jesus was a great storyteller, and exactly. I think part of Part of why Jesus was so effective was that unlike the Pharisees and the, and the you know, Sadducees and the religious people of his time, the leaders of his time, he wasn't just preaching at people. He created these scenarios. He created these stories that helped people place themselves into the lives of the characters of that story. And they began to identify not the final product, but they began to identify with the journey to the final product. And I think that's part of the wonderful thing about the gospel is that the gospel is not just about here's a finished product. You know, like, I don't know, when you go to, when you go, you know, if you love technology, you go to get an iPhone. They're not asking you to build the iPhone. They've already done the work for you. It's like, here's the phone. You can start making calls right now. But in the gospel, you know, yes, Christ has finished the work for us. But in another sense, that finished work is so that we can now take his work, take his, you know, uh, gospel, uh, take his presence, and now begin to work on ourselves. And so this this idea of placing yourself into the narrative of God's story for the world is such a powerful concept. And I think the creatives of our generation have the power to to write those stories and to help people identify with those stories and sort of place themselves in there and say, oh, okay, I see where I'm at. I'm struggling. I'm not all there. But I I sort of see myself in that continuum of where God is taking people in my generation, people like me that have maybe gone through the the stuff I went through in the past. And so 
they're not there. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's, Unfortunately, I guess in church world, it comes across like the people that are on stage, that are standing behind the pulpits, that are, you know, doing music or whatever have arrived. And that's why they, you know, that's like, you've got to arrive to, to be allowed on there. And, and yet I think the greatest people that need to be on, on platforms in our churches are people that are struggling, actively struggling and sharing that they are struggling, but also sharing, Hey, here's how I'm doing it. You know, let's get on this journey together. So talk to us a little bit about that whole idea of storytelling and helping creative, creating narratives where people can place themselves into and know that they're okay in their struggle and know that God has a plan through all of what they're going through to get them to the place that he's already purposed for them to be in. Totally, man. That was good. That was good. Yeah. I, I tend to sort of look at stories, whether I'm in church world or not, there's like, for me, it's always two angles. There's, there's the, uh, I call it the first one's the churchy angle. Mm. It's the churchy angle. The churchy angle is I'm dealing with this struggle right now. I'm dealing with the situation, but God's going to come through with me. God's God's there. He's he's in that process. He's there. Awesome, right? So, like, when you think about like when I was working in the church world um, as a worship pastor, I would gather these stories from my, from my community and say, "Hey, let's tell your story about like struggling with you know the death of your spouse or a, a divorce or like whatever the case might be." And it was always like, "Let's make sure that at the end of the story, we leave people with the understanding." But you know what? Even though I'm here. I know God is here with me. <laughs> Emmanuel, God with us. Awesome. And it, it's so great. And people go, yeah, that's right. He, yeah, I resonate with that. I see myself in that. That's so true. I can walk home with that truth knowing that in my you know, stuff at home, God is here. He's with mm-hmm. me. That's the first story. The second story is the, uh, yeah, life sucks. Both stories are important. <laughs> and I'll, I'll explain yeah. why. Because... Mm-hmm. Um, there's moments when your journey or your valley journey, your valley in the journey could be like three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. Mm. And in those moments, it's very hard. Like, yeah, you know, God's with you, but man, I don't see him. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard from him. And all you need is not like, you just need to know that you're not alone in that valley. And sometimes what you need is the idea the story, like, I, you, I, I know God. I know God's here. What you need is like someone say, you know what? I'm in that valley too, bro. Mm-hmm. I, I'm yeah. with you, girl. I'm with you. I see you there. I see you. I feel you. And maybe together, maybe we can both be on this kind of like, God, show up, man. Come on, dude. Do something. I need a miracle now. So there's that place of the uh, God is here now. And, the, and that feeling, I want to make that clear. The feeling of not yet. Right. I want to make that clear. I want to make that clear. The feeling of not yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that God is, hit, you know, he's gone. I'm not saying yeah. that at all. That mm-hmm. feeling. Mm-hmm. That, yes. that, yeah. that kind of like you look around, you know, you're <laughs> like, uh, sometimes God can be like a remote control where you know it's here somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like that. You know, and you're looking under the couches. You're looking, and you know it's here. But you're like, I've been looking for three hours. It's gone. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> um, but, you, but you know, and you're freaking out. And you're like, yeah, but you know it's in the living room. Like, it's, it's not going to walk away on you, right? And so, yeah. um, 
it's, so for me, it's those two stories. And I think those two stories need to be told again and again and again and again and again. And so, um, yeah, even when I travel, when I share my stories, it's usually both. <laughs> um, usually it's kind of like, here's a cool way that God worked things out. That's cool. Also, here's a way where I'm in the valley and it's been nothing but like just wasteland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I'm in that process, of just waiting. And that's cool. Oh, well, it's not cool. It sucks. But yeah. But we all, a lot of us will go through that season. Mm-hmm. And don't worry. I mean, don't don't freak out that God has left you. Mm. He's he's there. You just don't see him yet. So, how did you personally use songwriting to get through some of these, you know, valley seasons or during this journey? And and with the um, mindset of, you know, I'm gonna. This is helping me personally, but I also want to see it uh, speak to others. How was that for you during your process of starting to songwrite and and produce and stuff? Um. It was hard in a lot of ways. I mean, just getting, you know, just ripping open the chest and getting the lyrics onto paper and, and that was hard. But it was also hard because culturally speaking, the way that I was grown up, and we talked about this before, is that any kind of questions about faith um, can seem like you're going, it's questions against faith. Mm-hmm. And so, any talk about struggle without a happy ending can f- come off as always being sacrilegious, <laughs> right? But, but, mm-hmm. but, but, but God's gotcha, maybe? Okay, yes, but like, I don't see that yet. And, and that tension can be really problematic for a lot of people in the church, especially just the way I was raised and in my church upbringing, that was a huge, you, you do not say that, you know? And so, um, so for me, the process was I need to get stuff down on paper. I want to tell it. I try not to do too many straight up audio biographical, <laughs> biographical um, songs. Too many. I try to like tell it in a story format. Mm. Um, yeah. It's all about my experiences at the end of the day, but it's not like, and then I woke up one day and... <laughs> And so step one is so like just the process, like I think I want to sing about this. Step two is like, how can I spin it in a way that Jesus would spin it? Because mm-hmm. like you said before, par- his parables were like, mm-hmm. hang on, yo, right? And so um, he, was, he was a brilliant storyteller. And so um, uh, I, you know, if we're all – we're supposed to be like Jesus, then I want to do my best. I want to learn and be a brilliant storyteller as well. Mm. Um, and then it's just uh, releasing it in a way um, and crossing my fingers, hoping that there's not going to be a whole lot of fallout. <laughs> Has there been fallout? Have you had fallout? You know what? Oh, oh, a little bit. Um, but I'm writing a lot of stuff now on my sort of journey, my faith journey. And I think that's going to be interesting. Mm. Um, uh, only because there are songs that sort of talk about that, the empty void, mm. the silent God. Mm. And, and that is, once again, it's kind of like, <gasps> even, even as I, even as the words come out of my mouth, it's a part of me deep down inside. Like, <gasps> you're not allowed to say that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hopefully they can edit that out of the podcast. Right. And so, yeah. um, yeah, I, 
but I want to, I want to create art around that because I know there's tons of people who are asking questions and they're afraid to ask them publicly. Mm. So, yeah. So do you feel that's part of your sense of mission is to talk about things that are not being spoken about and uh, give people permission to have conversation and dialogue around things that they're feeling, but they don't feel they're allowed to really express it uh, because of just, you know, Christian culture and church culture and, and all of that? I think so. And I think I've always kind of been that guy. Like, I've always been the, uh, hey, hey, but but what about this kind of guy? And so, mm-hmm. um, and usually just because I was trying to be a jerk to my pastors or whatever, but, <laughs> but, um, but I think, um, yeah, I want to be that guy, that rabble rouser. I want to, I want to be that, that guy who pokes and prods, um, in a way not to just you know stir things up, but yeah, to kind of stir things up to get people thinking, mm. but also to get people like, an idea like, okay, I'm not alone in this struggle. I'm not alone with these questions. I'm not alone with my doubts. I'm not alone in my circumstance in these circumstances. Yeah. Um, Drew, I think uh, I don't remember who exactly. Oh, actually, I think uh, it was Ravi Zacharias that talked about uh, this this person uh, who was, uh, I think he was a poet. Um, way back in England, you know, and I guess, you know, poetry was a huge form of art and expression back in those days. And uh, the the quote went along the lines of, and I'm sure I'm not going to say it right, but um, let me write the songs of your generation. And I don't care who write the, writes the laws. The idea that the laws are going to be ultimately created by culture and culture is ultimately influenced by the creatives, the, the, the songwriters, the musicians, the artists, the people that give expression to what a generation is feeling and has experienced and has endured and is working through. And I think it was such a powerful um, statement and it always stuck with me. And, and one of the things I think the church has failed is we've created a lot of uh, lawgivers, if you will, or lawmakers. Yes. You know, yes. we have our universities, our seminaries, you know, where people learn the word, the law, the, the, this is how you got to do life. This is how you got to live your life. This is how you got to live. Your life. And I'm not, I'm not bashing that. I'm not saying God's law isn't important or, or that it's unchangeable in many ways or the, at the essence and the core of what God asks, how God asks us to live. But I think in the process, we've actually um, disempowered the songwriters of our, of our world, of our culture, of Christian culture, the, the artists and, and and I, I have the sense. This is not a scientific, you know. I haven't done research on this, but I have a sense that there are a lot more songwriters out there that need to be writing songs. I have a sense that there are a lot more artists out there in the Christian world that 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 are gifted by God to make expression uh, and to help people navigate and figure out what's going on uh, in their life and in our culture. But, but I don't know, we just don't, we don't empower them. You know, we don't give them that creative license, if you will, you know? And so if you could just take the last couple of minutes here to, to speak to those people, speak to that young person, speak to those people that have it in them. God has called them, gifted them. They're not going to be, you know, like I said, they're not going to be the preachers necessarily. They're not going to be the elders of churches necessarily, but they're going to be writers and thinkers and, and poets and singers and, you know, people that, that, that give expression. Uh, yeah. What would you, yeah. what would you say to them? 
Man, well, I'd say, yeah, I see you. <laughs> I feel you. Because um, the church has been really brutal about the artistic communities, about, about their own artistic communities for the last, whatever, I don't know, hundreds of years. Back in the day, the ch- as you guys know, the, um, the church was the place for the arts. Mm-hmm. If people wanted great art, they would go to the church. Um, it was a place where art and creative communities had, were fostered. Mm-hmm. And so um, we have seen um, a massive shift into the place where now art is sort of like confined into the box of what needs to be used in worship. That's it. Mm-hmm. So it's all about the service. It's all about the pastor. It's all about these certain things, right? And so, yeah, like the church has been underusing. That's not the word I want to use, but I'll say that like just and underdeveloping our artists and not really pouring into them and saying, hey, let's, let's foster a great community of artists in our church and our community and let you guys go crazy, go nuts. And not about the Sunday morning. I mean, just go nuts. Mm-hmm. Write songs, write poetry, paint paintings, like just go crazy. And then we can figure out if something works. But the idea is not to create for this, just create. Right. Just right. create. Because mm-hmm. as you create, the Holy Spirit will guide your pen, will guide your paintbrush, will guide your voice, and who, like amazing things will come out. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that um, there's artists who want to write things about what they're seeing in the world, mm-hmm. but that doesn't really have a place in, air quotes again, the church. Right. Okay, and so um, Nina Simone had this amazing quote I posted on my Instagram a little while ago, where she's talking about like the, the artist's duty. They have a duty to speak on and create about the current state of the world and the current state of their heart, obviously, but the current state of the world as well. And so um, it's actually almost like it's not even a choice. Like they have to do that. They need to reflect the times that they live in. Right. Um, and, I'm like, yes. Like, imagine if Christians across North America right now mm-hmm. created stuff that spoke about the times that we live in now, currently. Imagine the hope that would bring. Yeah. Imagine the peace that would bring. Imagine how that would inspire people to create change. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, and so for me, that's something that I'm like, go, all you young artists, do it, and. If you're not ready yet, great. Do it anyway. Um, mm-hmm. um, don't like over-spiritualize your work. Don't think because you wrote a song, it's the best thing ever. Don't think because you wrote a song or a painting, that's a God's gift to the world. Mm-hmm. Just create a lot of stuff. Share it with your pastors. Share it with your mentors. Share it with your, your spiritual communities. And just create stuff. And if you're in that space where like you're trying to figure out like faith and you're in that sort of doubting place, still create, <laughs> still do the work. God will bless you. God will be with you in those places. Um, and it, it, who knows, you might write that song or paint that painting that draws people into a relationship with Christ or deeper into a relationship with Christ. So mm-hmm. yeah, get it done. And, and you know what, uh, and this is, this might sound even, I don't know, radical out of the box, but I've been thinking about this true that is it necessary that people should be drawn to Christ? What I mean by that is don't get me wrong. I mean, of course I want everyone to know Christ, right? But if God has gifted you say God's gifted you in, I'm just going to use a random field here. Let's say medicine He's gifted you to create a vaccine. 
to something that's killing a million people. Okay, do they all have to be Christians through your vaccine? They don't, right? So you could write music that doesn't necessarily Mm -hmm. lead people to Christ, but addresses the social issues, the 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 stuff. You know, look at look at all the racism. Look at all the stuff that's happening. And if you could write stuff that that comes from God because it comes from the heart of God it comes from God's mm-hmm. heart for humanity and I think this is the this is the struggle we have in in church world is we think oh. God only looks from the perspective of you know I only care about people in the church I don't believe yeah. that I believe God cares about the world so yes. God cares about a world where you know, people are treated equally and people are treated with respect and dignity and racism does not exist. And, you know, all of those things, regardless of those, if those people come to Christ or not, and I get it, there's an eternal implication to them not coming to Christ. But in this world, God wants us to be salt, right? So, so right. he wants That's us right. to be flavor. And, and I think that is, uh, I feel, also an extension of the creativity God gives us to address the issues of our world even if it doesn't mean people walk into the church. Totally. I, I definitely don't think that we should create with the intention of writing a song that will save someone's life mm-hmm. in the power of Jesus Christ. That's not the intention. But it's amazing how music can do that. Art can yeah. do that. And so for me, I'm like, my goal, exactly, and you're totally right, my goal is to communicate the reflection of the world and my heart truthfully through the lens that I have. That's it. Like, I can't, I can't control anything else. And so, but if I can inspire someone to, to do something, if I can um, gather people together around something, if I can, like one of my favorite things, I do these things called house shows. And so I'll go to someone's house and I'll, you know, they'll gather like 30 or 40 people and I'll share some stories and share some songs. I find it amazing how like every time I do this, people are just weeping. Mm. And they always talk about how like, I just feel like, I feel so hope filled. And I feel like I need mm-hmm. to do something. I feel like I just need to go out and do something positive. I want to share this hope with someone else. And these are non-Christians. These aren't Christians. Right. Mm-hmm. Who, who mm-hmm. actually don't use, the only time they speak Jesus' name is in a cuss word, right? Right. So, so for me, I'm like, I want, I want that. I, I love seeing that. I want to see more of that. And mm-hmm. who knows what would happen if one song triggered that kind of, I want to go all the way with Christ. Mm. That would be cool, but that's not my goal. I, I can't, I can't design that. I, can, I don't want to manipulate that. I just want to be true to who I am, be true who God has made me to be, and let Him do what He does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want, I just want to do art and 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 create art and portray art and deliver the art in the best way I possibly can because that's the way God's made me. Yeah. That's so good, you know, because right now too, there's, you know, a lot of Christian bands are writing praise and worship songs and, and those are great. I mean, I love worship. I love to express and worship, but you know, they connect to believers. Whereas it seems like, you know, there's a need of creativity that's going to bridge, you know, believers to believers, but non-believers to believers and non-believers to the word of God, even if it's not, here's a scripture, here's, you know, our God is mighty. But even in words like, you know, uh, uh, helping me through this season or whatever it is, right? And and so bridging that between and connecting um, the secular environment to, you know, 
what God's put in you. And so that's, that's incredible. Well, this has been an awesome podcast, Drew. It has been, I mean, honestly, just the realness. If, if Drew Brown sounds familiar, the last name, yes, we had his wife, Sarah on our podcast as well. So both of them just as a family, as a couple, and just in different kind of realms, you know, Sarah's in, in grief and, and, and Drew's in songwriting and, and, but Yes, they're they're like-minded in the sense of bringing Christ to the world and bringing who God is to people through love, through uh, compassion, and through their gifts. And so we thank you for sharing on today's podcast because I know it's going to be an encouragement to to people out there who are in this in the same place. Thank you, guys. It was great to have some cool conversations with y'all. Uh, Andrew, tell us, um, tell our listeners, how can they connect with you? You know, that young up and coming musician or singer is like, I'd like Drew Brown to be my mentor. How do I get a hold of him? I don't know if you're open to that. but <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, of mentorship. I think it's really important. Um, okay. Very, very important. Uh, yeah, yeah. Feel free, young artists, if you want to. Um, you can reach me on my website, drewbrownmusic.com. That's probably the best place. Or if you're like me and you love social media, because I really, really do, um, uh, you can reach me on pretty much all the stuffs, all the medias, um, with the handle at Drew Brown Music. At Drew Brown Music. Yeah. Awesome. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the same. Super. We'll also link to the link to all of those uh, social media channels and the website in our show notes, so uh, you can uh, check them out on there. So, Drew, thanks again for being on the podcast. It's been a pleasure listening to you and uh, just hearing your heart. And we're so excited for all that God still has in store for you. Thanks, guys. Take care. Have an amazing day. Wow, you know, it's incredible to hear from someone. We look at someone like a Drew Brown and we think he's got it all together. We think he's arrived. Um, you know, someone who's had awards, a singer, songwriter, producer. And it's incredible to hear when he says, you know, I'm on a journey as well. And in the midst of my journey, not when I've arrived, not when I've, you know, perfected this thing, but in the midst of it, I've been able to... Uh, so, write songs that I hope would inspire other people to feel like, hey, I'm on a journey too, but God's given me this, or this is my, you know, this is a desire and a passion I have, and I can use it even in the midst of this journey or process that I'm on. Absolutely. And, you know, I just love that idea of storytelling and that whole, even the the, the thought that came uh, during the interview on how Jesus used stories and mm -hmm. he placed people within the context of the stories he told. So people could sort of relate the humanity uh, of, you know, the principles. I mean, here's Jesus. He's, he's talking about this amazing heavenly divine principles that are so, you know, far removed, if you will, from the average common person. And yet he takes those principles and he creates these stories of everyday people and everyday situations. And he sort of helps people, the average person connect with right. what God is asking them to do within their own context. And I think that is so powerful. And really, I mean, if you ask me, Emily, what do I hope will come out of this podcast? I hope that someone that's had a song on their heart for a long time and mm -hmm. never put pen to paper will start 
writing something and someone that's had a, a short story they've always had in, in their mind that that communicated you know a, a truth from the from the word or from from what God's taught them would, would start writing that short story or somebody that, that, that wants to write a book maybe to men or to women or to children uh, in fact you know I was thinking about this Emily uh, that I, I don't know I was watching one of the one of the uh, late night uh, talk show hosts, I don't know if it was Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel or who, but one of them had written a children's story book. And I, and I thought about it and I said, you know, it's very cute. It's not a lot of words, actually. It's a, it's a lot of graphics and pictures for the most part, right? But there's a story, obviously. I'm like, what a powerful way to influence young minds right. is to write stories for children, you know? So, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes in the church, we don't think about those opportunities or I'm not saying we don't, that individuals don't think about it, but I know as a leader in the church, I'm definitely guilty of not even talking about those things or inspiring people yeah. to to just just explore those options because you never know how the stories you tell will help people identify and connect with God. Mm-hmm. It's so good, and you know, even when Drew's sharing that in his heart to really um, inspire people to a greater cause, that everything that we have been given, we can do to help others or to provide for others or whatever it might be. So, an incredible, inspiring podcast today. So, so good. If people want to connect with Drew Brown, they can at drewbrownmusic.com. Of course, we'll link things up. But Pastor Fanu, why don't you share how they can get connected to? PTR or uh, more episodes of the podcast if they want. Listen, friends, you know, uh, this is true for me. Uh, the podcasts I listen to are the ones I subscribe to. So my encouragement to you is if you're listening to this, maybe on your web browser, head to your smartphone, get on iTunes, get on Google Play, uh, search Mission Connect, uh, find it, subscribe to it. That way you don't even have to think about it. It'll download on your phone every week, uh, every Wednesday, and you'll be able to listen to these uh, podcasts episodes. And if you're a new listener, please go back because we've got some incredible stories that we've highlighted over the past many months. And I think you'll really be blessed. And as always, uh, we would love for you to share uh, this podcast with your friends and family and let others know. And uh, let's hope that others can be inspired as well. A quick reminder of what we talked about in the intro missional.academy. What a great resource to improve and grow in your leadership, both in the church and in the marketplace. Remember, passionreach.com is our online presence. So check us out on there. Or you can email us at missionconnect at passionreach.com. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Mission Connect. Join us next week. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.